Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. He leaves away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin. I'm Laura Jolly. And LJ, Australia are through to the semi-finals. Safe to say they're absolutely humming. They're playing some unbelievable cricket, so they haven't lost a match. And Meg Lanning, skipper, she's been pretty immense these last couple of matches against India and South Africa with scores of 97 and then an unbeaten 135 yesterday. So on the show today, Kristen Beams, she's across all the action. She joins us to chat about how the Aussies are going and how she'll how she thinks they'll be looking to improve leading into a crucial final week of this tournament. Kristen Beams, thank you as always for joining us on The Scoop. Beamsy, since we last spoke about this World Cup, Australia have uh, faced what's probably been two of their biggest tests in India and South Africa. And I guess it's fair to say they've passed both those tests with flying colours. So they've nailed two big run chases. From your perspective, watching on, is there anything that the Aussies can't chase? Like, is any total out of reach for them? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think that, you know, every team can have a bad day. There is no doubt about that. But you look at the structure of their batting lineup, who they have, I think it makes me think that they can probably chase down anything, thinking that we didn't even see Elise Perry yesterday. Jess Jonathan also didn't bat in that team. Alana King. So all of a sudden, we've actually got some more options that weren't even required in the 45 overs that it took to chase that total. So I think that's really exciting. And what's been really good is just the different contributions. I think Haynes has been so good. Meg seems to be the the run chase queen. Ash Gardner's sort of the icing on the cake. So they've got a little bit of everything. And it, it makes for a really exciting tournament. It makes for a really exciting um, opportunity for Australia knowing that a team can get away from them and they can actually chase that down. And we know anything can happen once you get to finals, but as the Aussies head into the, that match, that semi-final next week, how much confidence will they have gotten from knowing that they have been pushed at times by England, yeah. India, South Africa, and they've managed to, to get through? Yeah, I think they take a lot of confidence. And if you look back to the previous World Cup, there were a couple of batters that, that genuinely got away and, and made some big hundreds. I think we've t- seen some batters actually play really well against Australia. I think Wolvart looked very, very good, but they're still not able to convert those into big totals. And I, and I think that they would look at that and say, look, I, th- I don't think anyone's going to make a really big hundred against Australia. I think that what the options they've got from a bowling point of view, 
I think are really helpful to doing that. So they'd be really happy that they've been tested. I think sometimes you can go into a World Cup tournament with some easy games. All of a sudden you have that tough game. You, you don't have those experiences, but they've had some really good experiences and each time they've won the key moments. Um, and I think it's something that this Australian team is so, so good at. Uh, when there's a big moment to be won, they win it. Yeah, that's a good call, Beamsy. And so Meg Lanning, she's a player we all love to watch. You've played alongside Meg and you're good friends with her. 97 against India and a big 135 not out against South Africa. Beamsy, from your perspective, what makes Meg so dangerous when there's when there's a total in front of her for her to chase? Yeah, I think when the, the marker has been set, there's no one better to, to chase it down. And she just has this incredible drive to be the best player that she can be and the best batter that she can be. And it's that really sort of quiet competitiveness that I really appreciate about Meg. She, she kind of just goes about her business and there's, there's not a whole lot of fuss about it from her point of view. Um, she plays with strengths so well. Um, they continually talk about, you know, her ability to slice that gap in and around point and behind and, and teams haven't found a way to, to work around it. You can put as many fielders there as you like, but that shot for her is so elite that she will thread the eye of the needle any day of the week. So I think when you're watching Meg Lanning play to her strengths, there's no one better. And I think she would just be such a calming influence in a, in a partnership. I think when you're, you're playing with someone like Meg and just knowing that she's going about her business, it, it must be really good fun to, to bat alongside her in that lineup. Ash Gardner said yesterday she does get a little bit nervous um, during the first few overs that Meg's batting. Uh, do you sometimes feel that way too? Uh, not really. I think I think knowing Meg the the way that I do, I, I don't get too nervous. I, I think um, oh, look, I think she's. I think every batter probably in those first few balls is, is a little bit nervous. But you know, I think for me, I, I just think she's just so elite. Um, if you're good enough to to nick her off early, congratulations, you've got out one of the best players uh, in the world. But if not, I feel like she's going to make you pay. And I think that's the pressure that's so hard for bowlers is you know you've got to be on the on your game for those first probably two or three balls to Meg Lanning. Otherwise, it's see you later. And that's a lot of pressure on bowlers. Big time. And we did see yesterday, Beamsy, Meg was leaving a couple early, which she did say she doesn't often do. Is that something that you sense when you played alongside her, that she's willing to adapt and change her game and just always willing to to change and strive to be better. Yeah. And I think that's what really kind of sets her apart from so many other batters is that it's a real craft. And and I think that the way that she goes about her craft is, is really, really good. And we've seen her play a whole lot of different ways. She didn't sweep early on in her career. It's something that she's so good at now is that she's kind of got that constant evolution. I think players who even at the top of their game are still looking for those like little one or two percenters. I think that's what really put, sets you apart from, from other players. And, she has evolved her game so much, but she's still got that element of I play to my strengths. And I think if you can have the combination of the both, I think there's the Meg Lanning signature shots, but then there's also these other parts and that just allows you to put pressure back on the bowling group and to, to really dominate attacks. And that's why you can make totals like the one, three, five that we saw yesterday. So she's got the most ODI hundreds now with 15. She's got more one hundreds in a chase than any other Aussie. There's just so many records that she's already got and she turns 30 on Friday. Um, big milestone for Meg. It's remarkable how much she did in her 20s. Do you think she's going to be slowing down at all or is there still plenty more to come in her next decade? Oh, she's got at least 10 more years in her. There's no doubt about her. I mean, she's still Absolutely. 16 to me because I think she was 16 when I first met her. So um, she'll always be 16 to me. But look, I, I think that the way that she goes about things, I think, 
the way she's one of the fittest people going around. Uh, I just think she's a great leader. She's got so many things that, that she's going really well at. And as we spoke about that constant evolution, I think when you've got that, you can play forever. I think she's going to be the sort of player that at some point says, you know what, I'm, I'm done. Um, and I think we'll all be really sad because I think she'll still be at the top of her game. And, and that's very, very cool for, for that. But to, to think that she's nearly 30, well, the old girl. <laughs> the old girl. And Beansy, looking at Australia's bowling, how have you seen their last two performances? Do you think there might be still room for improvement there? I mean, there were two big totals that were posted against them. Yeah, I think every bowling group would be looking at it saying, you know, like well, there's things that we can improve. But I think you can't take anything away from the batting that's been very good. You know, watching South Africa in parts yesterday, they were so good and and they have that ability to dominate the tax. I think we're seeing some really good wickets um, most of the time in, in this tournament and then we're seeing them be really good for batting. And I, I think the the standard of the batting has been really good across this tournament. So um, I think it's easy to see when you see those totals to be like, oh, you know, what are they doing from a bowling point of view? I still think they know they've got every base covered. I think they'd be just looking at those kind of those key little moments within their their bowling performances and individuals would be looking at their performances and they'd be looking at those little one to two percenters. But look, I, I think the batting has been good. I think they'd be pretty comfortable with, with where they're at bowling wise. And were you surprised to see Darcy rest for that game against South Africa yesterday? And how important is she going to be next week come the finals? Yeah, I wasn't surprised. I think that the way they're managing her is, has been really smart. I think having her come in and out and I think what's been really impressive about Darcy Brown is that she doesn't seem like she's a, a bowler that needs to play every game to to maintain that consistency. And I think that's a great skill for a young bowler. You know that the quicks are always going to be rotated in and out. So I think the fact that she comes in and has an impact and then she's happy enough to to be rotated back out. So I'm not surprised in in how they use her. I don't think that they would get so greedy to say, right, it's a big game we're going to play you if if they'd already worked out prior the games that she was and wasn't going to play. So, um, yeah, I wasn't surprised at all, but she's going to be so important to, to what they're doing. I think when we've seen pace on the ball, she's really added a different element. And what she also does is by doing that and, and having that pace on the ball, it allows other bowlers to come into the game because all of a sudden you get through the the Darcy Brown overs and you think, well, okay, now we're, we're okay now. The pace is off the ball and we're actually seeing other bowlers kind of cash in mm. off the back of that as well. So I think that's when you know that bowling attacks are going really well because they've got lots of different options to take wickets. Yeah, nice. And some of the catching been pretty elite. We've seen Ash Gardner, Beth Mooney, Mignon Dupree yesterday, Deandra Dotton earlier in the tournament. They've all put their hand up for catcher of the tournament. Do you have a favourite so far? Yeah, I do. I Actually, the, the Mignon Dupree, I mean, she she's not Australian, but that was a that was a mark. That was an AFL mark. I think, I think to, I think to get two hands like that, being aerial and a and a higher ball, not knowing how you're going to land off the back of that, for me that was ultimate bravery. And I think, I think any time that that a fielder gets two hands to a catch like that, I think yeah, it really ticks the box for me. I think Ash Gardner's was amazing. Jess Jonathan's off her own bowling. I thought they were quite similar. Well, the the reactions were very similar, I should say, because they were both like, I can't believe I caught that. Whereas I think the the minion for me was was unbelievable. That would be the catch of the tournament. And now looking ahead to the game against Bangladesh, do you see the Aussies changing up too much in their eleven for that game, given they're they're locked into the top two now, or um, they won't be shuffling for the sake? I don't think they'll look at their batting lineup being any shuffling changes to that. Uh, I think the the question will be with Elise Perry and whether she needs a rest. Um, obviously, she wasn't at the field for, on the field for the back end did bat so. Um, she might be a player they, they look to rest. I, I think from a bowling point of view, they'd just still be looking at the matchups. So 
if the matchups say suggest that the two leg spinners should play, I think they will play. So I think they'll they'll stay true to to the way they've gone about it so far. So um, they'll get that matchup right rather than resting people. So um, I think it's been a good philosophy that they've had and they've used it really well across the tournament. So it'll just be what they think is going to be most successful against the Bangladesh batting lineup. And looking around the grounds, the battle for those remaining three spots is still alive. We've got West Indies and South Africa. That's looming as a pretty crucial matchup on Thursday. So a win to the to the Proteas will lock them in. Do you think the Proteas can bounce back from uh, yesterday's loss against the Aussies? Yeah, there's a lot to like about the Proteas, to be honest. I think they should be in the top four. I think the this kind of cricket that they've played um, I think across the board, they've had different contributors as well. So um, I look at them as as having a little bit more depth. And I, I think we always question that without Dane Van Niekerk, was that going to be such a big out for them? But I actually think they've got some really good performance in and around their group. I think they're very much led by Wolvart um, from a batting point of view, but I think they've got some different options. Cap has been excellent with the bat as well as the ball. So I think they're a team that can be really dangerous. Um, I think they, they're a team that can challenge for, for that second spot and I think they would deserve that spot if they got there. And now England um, certainly took it down to the wire against the White Ferns and, and just got through to kind of keep themselves in the, the running for the top four. They've got two games to play against Pakistan and Bangladesh. Do you see them starting to get things back on track and, and lock in that top four spot? Yeah, they're a team that... They're a good team. So they're the sort of team that they've just got to get themselves into that semi. Um, mm. And they've, they've probably got a dream run, I think, playing Pakistan and, and Bangladesh. I, I would think that they'd start to feel like they're playing some some pretty good cricket. Uh, so leading into those two games, I think they would look at it and say, we should be a top four team and, and they probably should be. Um, so mm. I think they'll just think, well, if we can get ourselves there, we give ourselves a chance. And, and that's what World Cups are all about. You've only got to get yourself into the next stages. The, the kind mm. of cricket you've played through the, the group stages doesn't matter too much. I think you just got to get yourself there. And I'm sure that their mentality is, is quite simple and they're going to be reliant on their best players to, to do the job. But I think those, those really good players within that side can do the job, Knight, Brunt, Siva, mm. and they're going to have to, to kind of do the, the lion's share of the work. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see. And India are another team that they've had. We know they've had a, a pretty topsy turn, tournament. Do you think, like, from what you saw from India against Australia the other night, do you think they're playing well enough to secure their spot and then continue to do some damage at the back end of the tournament? Yeah, they're so dangerous. Uh, I think at times we've we've just seen them fall away a little bit. Um, so I think it's they've just got to actually embrace how dynamic they are as a team. I, I think if they start trying to play conservative cricket or we just need to play a certain way to get ourselves there, I think they've got to throw caution to the wind. I think you you look at, you know, a Harman Preet core, I think the way that she goes about it, her cricket, Mandana, um, I think Verma as well. I'd like to see him just take on the bowling and try and post really, really big totals. Um, you know that you've got Goswami and the spinners to, to do a job. But I think if they go conservative, they're in danger. But if they just take the, the game on, that is when they're at their best. Um, so I'd like to see them do that. And I think if they can do that, they'll scare a few teams in, in that top four because you just know how dangerous they, they are on their day. So um, yeah, I just want to see him take it on a bit more. And finally, onto the WNCL, when we've got the Tassie Tigers to take on the SA Scorpions in the final. It's very exciting um, to see those two teams make it, and it's going to be at Blundstone, which is awesome news. Your mate, Elise Villani, is going for her maiden title. Tassie are going for their maiden title. We know they're close to your heart. Um, what would it mean to Tassie cricket to bring home Ruth? Yeah, it, I mean, it'd be so special, I think, you know, for, for every young girl and for, for every cricketer down here that that dreamt uh, about playing for Tasmania and 
and dreamt about winning a, a title, uh, I think this would be means so much to, to so many different people. I think it's still a relatively young history that Tasmania have got in this competition. So I think to, to make a final is, is so special. And I think particularly for those players, I think Elise Villani is a great example of somebody, you know, in the, there were so many years for Victoria that probably had the form team on, on paper yeah. and weren't able to get a WNCL title, but for players that have made such a big decision to move their lives to Tasmania to help contribute to something that would be so special to to Tasmanians down here, I think would be very cool. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping for an Elise Villani hundred in the final for Oof. sure. Um, but I think they'll get a pretty good crowd here. I think it'll be a good game of cricket, but. Um, it would be a very, very special moment for for Tasmania if they can win that title. And what do you think the Tigers have got to do to get to get the win? Like, what's got to go right for them? Yeah, I think it's going to be their their batting performance. I think you look at their batting lineup and think about how dangerous they are with with Priest and and Villani, Stalenberg as well. I think they've got some really good options to to make a, a big total. Um, so I'd like to see them do that. And I think their spinners have been unbelievably good. Uh, we talk about the dominance of leg spin going around the country. There's been no one better than Maisie Gibson um, to come back from the injuries that she's had to, to take a five for in, in the previous game, her first five wicket haul. I think their spinners have been very good and um, they'll be pretty key to it um, at Blunston Arena. Beamsy, thank you as always for joining us. It was a pleasure to chat and enjoy a big week of cricket ahead. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.